Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Pip and Dodds Packers podcast featuring the great Michael Rachel. He is on assignment today, but we are with you again. John Dodds, he is the Packers historian. Nobody knows it better, does it better when it comes to the green and gold here in the state than my friend, uh, I'm biased, John Dodds, and of course our producer extraordinaire, Jason Ruck, here at Wisconsin Sports Street, WSS. Nice to be in the studio, J.D., and nice to have a friend of yours. He is just one of the greats in this business to talk about the draft, to talk about the pack and the draft, you name it. So please, you introduce Colin. Sure. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, so I got to know him, found his site back in the uh, late 90s, and uh, when I had my radio show, we would broadcast live from Green Bay, and I would we'd be waiting. It was just fantastic. The hour uh, we had actually two hours for that, and it went very quickly. So when we had the podcast last year, I couldn't think of anybody better because we had four hours on on Thursday and five hours on Friday, and between having Cato Kalin and some of our other uh, guests that we had. Uh, uh, Colin Lindsay is uh, is fantastic. So, Colin, thanks for joining us. And and uh, one thing when it comes to the draft, we are never on assignment yeah. because we. Have, <laughs> I, I, I just have a very understanding wife. That's all I'll say uh, when it comes to draft time. But I'm really interested. Uh, this this draft has fascinated me probably for ever since COVID, about over a year, because the exposure, the the exposure to uh, scouts has been very limited for the players. The Wisconsin Badgers had seven, eight games last year and not their typical 13 or 14. Um, so there's less tape on players. There's uh, no combine this year. The pro days are really the only time these, these uh, scouts have a chance to evaluate these players. So I think there's, there's uncertainty where tons of mistakes could be made but then where there's, there's opportunity because you can get a fourth round pick or a third round pick on, uh, uh, that could possibly have been a first round pick had he had more exposure. So uh, I'm interested to hear what, you, what your comment is on this draft. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's certainly a, a different situation for uh, teams and uh, and, uh, and 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 they are different organizations. Probably, I, I think, in a sense, talking to people, it's a little overstated because they do have tape on on players. Even the players that opted out, they have a full seasons from from last year, uh, and, and 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 you know they they have uh, the contacts with the with the, the team coaches and, and and all of that nature. But but obviously, yeah, the, particularly they, they're not having the the, the individual one-on-one contact with the players uh, you could send people to pro days but it was only uh, three uh, you know three people per team you, you didn't hear of the, the, the kids going out with the out to dinner with the with the with the, with the different team so I think maybe that's the one area that, that they're lacking is that 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 one-to-one -one contact you didn't have the meetings at the combine uh, so uh, so uh, so uh, you know that's an issue, but I, I think in general you've got a lot of information out there, and yeah, there may be a, a player or two that, that that's going to go a little lower earlier than that they would have otherwise. But uh, it, it's still a draft, and of course the draft has always been a lottery anyway. So uh, so uh, uh, there's good and there's bad in in, in the whole business. 
Colin, there's so much, and of course, Colin Lindsay again, the great Blue North draft report. So much talk about what the Packers didn't do or haven't done to this point. As you're well aware, they got to the brink of the Super Bowl. They probably should have defeated Brady and the Buccaneers at Lambeau. They had 18 million ways to win. We know all about that. Bakhtiari was out. Um, but as you look at this team, it seems a, a lot of criticism. Why don't you go out and get a free agent? Well, we know about the, the cap problems that they have, and they've been able to manage that. They haven't done anything with Aaron Rodgers to extend them. There's all that drama. And yet the feeling I think Brian Gutekunst has, and I want your respected opinion on this, is look, we almost got to the Super Bowl. We're going to maintain here. We're going to look to the future. You've got Jordan Love and everything that surrounds that. What is your take on the Green Bay Packers, and of course we'll definitely talk about what you think they might do or should do to beef them up a little bit to make still another run with number 12 at the signal caller when that draft comes up later this month. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really, really good team. I mean, uh, it's a passing league, and uh, you've got the best passer in the league. Uh, all, all due respects to, to, to Tom Brady. Uh, uh, you know, that was where the the defense, I think, that, that won for him this year. I don't see him back next year uh, and, and being quite as good. Uh, it's tough to, for a defense to get up at that level uh, several years in a row. Drew Brees is gone at, uh, at, 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 at New Orleans. Um, you know, right now, you, you look at the NFC, uh, you have a whole bunch of, of teams that have uh, young, inexperienced quarterbacks. Um You'd have to think that the, the Packers right now are, are, are would be the, the, the betting favorite to, to, to finally get back to that Super Bowl. And I suspect as long as Aaron Rodgers can play as well as he did last year um, and uh, you, you're, you're going to be at the top of your game. Hmm. I wanted to go just get your uh, – go and ask you uh, what your feeling is kind of position-wise, position by position – What's strong? I remember last year when we concluded our draft and our draft review, I asked you about the 2021 draft, and you said offensive tackle would be very strong and deep. You're going to have a lot of them. And that's absolutely true, but it uh, looks like quarterback might be pretty good in terms of uh, quarterbacks at the top of round one. But just want to just position by position, if you could just give us a kind of a feel for what you're thinking about this draft. Well, it's a really good draft. Uh, we just put together our final uh, uh, top 300 players, and we got to the end of 300, and we're looking at guys who uh, say, hey, these kids are draftable, uh, that we're rating in, in the 300s kind of a thing. So it's a very, very talented, very, very deep draft. Uh, you have, uh, as you said, it, it's an interesting year at, at quarterback. I'm not sure the talent. There have been a couple of other years where, uh, maybe you had a little bit better talent, but I, I can't recall a year where you had five guys as good as the five we're talking about right now as, as being top ten guys. I mean, you think of Mac Jones, of, of what he did at Alabama. You think of Justin Fields, what he did in Ohio State. And they're the four or five quarterbacks in this draft. I think in most years they'd be a little bit higher than that. Uh, there's terrific talent at wide receiver. Uh, there's terrific talent on the offensive line. Both the, the tackles and the interior line, terrific talent at, at cornerback. You can look at those positions, and uh, you're, you're really looking at the possibility of getting players in the third, maybe the fourth round that you can figure can come in and 
maybe even help you this year. Uh, they're, they're not just going to be developmental type prospects. Uh, and there's some very good players at other positions. I don't know that they think you have the, the same depth at, at safety and, and, and maybe inside linebacker. Uh, but overall, this is, this is looking like a very, very good draft. Is there a tier for the draft? Is it like it seems like there's the top there's there's a top five quarterbacks that are probably going to be taken before pick ten, and then you have the the tight end Pitts from uh, from Florida. Then you have Jamar Chase, and uh, you have the top wide receivers. Is it is there a is there like a top five, then the next tier, and then do you do you have any feeling for the tiers? Yeah, I, I think, again, every team ranks the players differently. But uh, if we're just talking the non-quarterbacks, um, that you, you have a, a, a top tier with with as many as four guys in it. Uh, Pitts, as you said, uh, Chase, the, the wide receiver from LSU, Penny Sowell, uh, the offensive tackle at Oregon. Some teams have Devontae Smith in that group, too. Some don't. Uh, but even that's a fairly large group, but usually it's one or two players. Uh, and then you have a second tier uh, that includes probably uh, uh, players like uh, Patrick Sertain, the, 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 the cornerback from Alabama, uh, Slater, the, the offensive tackle from Northwestern, uh, uh, Waddle, the other wide receiver from Alabama, uh, Micah Parsons, linebacker from, uh, from, uh, from Penn State. Uh, so I, I think bottom line is you probably have a 12, 13, 14 players who are either blue chippers or red chippers, uh, and, and that's probably where you get the uh, get get the get, get the, the first real break. Uh, but you're really talking about a, a 13, 14 player draft uh, of guys with, with top 10 talent, and you even get into that next group. And there's some very good players in it also. It, it, it is really really deep draft this year. In terms of weak spots, is it defensive line, weak, weak positions? Well, that would be one of them. I think the defensive tackle position is, is weak. Edge rushers, interesting. Um, not a lot of proven talent there, uh, but some guys with ter really terrific athleticism. Um, I think the other issue with the, with the defensive line is that it's not real deep. If you don't get an edge rusher, say, in the first two rounds, maybe even the top 50 picks, um, you're, you're kind of hoping uh, it kind of hit and miss with the inside linebackers. And, and I think it's safety, too, uh, not, as, not as deep as, 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 as other years. Uh, in fact, there, there really is. It's kind of an offensive draft this year. Uh, just about every position on offense pretty good. Whereas on defense, cornerback is great, uh, but uh, you know maybe a little bit of a subpar at the other positions on defense. Colin, uh, I don't think that John Dodds would ever, ever consider leaving his incredible wife, Sheila, because like most of us, he married way up. But when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, now there is someone he'd like to <laughs> spend time with. So, you know, he's got this man crush on the kid from Clemson. How good a quarterback will he be in your estimation? Are we talking, you know, Pro Bowl caliber or not? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's uh, people around the NFL talked about him as, as, as being in the Andrew Luck category. Uh, Andrew Luck is generally considered, at least for the modern era, the, 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 the gold standard for quarterbacks. Unfortunately, he had those injuries with, with Indianapolis, didn't go to a very good team, and uh, and, and, and didn't have the kind of career uh, that maybe he was hoping for. Uh, 
but Trevor Lawrence is a really, really good prospect. Uh, you, you hope they can get that situation in Jacksonville sorted out. Uh, they've been trying forever, uh, but but he's a, a a really talented kid. He's got the size. Uh, he's got the, the arm strength. He can make all the throws. Uh, I think we still have to see whether he can, you know, uh, process the information that you need to do at the, at the next level. But he's certainly got the work ethic. He's got the character. And I think he's going to be a good fit in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, bottom line is, he, yeah, he's a real, real good prospect. He had that 70-yard run. And that was the semifinal yeah, game last year. I amazing. can't remember. Was it, was it yeah. Ohio State or Oklahoma? Yeah. I can't remember. I think it was Ohio State. Yeah, they, he yeah. ran 70 yards on it. Jeez, look at that guy. Yeah. And they call him Sunshine because he looks like the guy from Remember, remember the Titans? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, I was looking at the Packers uh, situation and then trying to study the draft and uh, knowing that Trevor Lawrence will be off the board at tw by 29, <laughs> I had to dig, Dang a little, it. dig a little deeper. And so I thought, I think Green Bay is looking to find a hybrid linebacker or linebacker safety or a top safety or a cornerback at 29. So those, that was my, the defensive line class, given it's weak, you get the, 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 the guy from uh, Alabama is probably the best one. Um, and then the wide receivers and offensive tackle positions are so deep. I don't see them taking one of those at 29. So that was my that was my basis when I started logically going through this. And the first guy I came up with was Xavier uh, Collins from Tulsa. That was the first guy. And of course, then you see Mox where he starts to go from 17, you know, on to 28 or whatever. And then the second guy that jumped out at me was uh, Jamin Davis from Kentucky. I'm just wondering, that, and I remember last year that uh, Mike Patton, the defensive uh, uh, coordinator of the Packers, wanted Preston Smith to drop into coverage and guard uh, offensive players, wide receiver options in space. And I think it was about eight weeks into the season, uh, Preston Smith, Zadaria Smith, and Amos went to meet Mike Patton and said, why, is it, why are you doing this? Because he can rush the passer. He can't guard anybody in space. And they, they changed that. He goes, okay, I understand what you're saying. He changed that up, and the Packers actually had a good, much better defense the second half of the year than the first half. So I'm looking for somebody who can, um, from the middle linebacker or outside linebacker position, who can guard people in space. And those are the two I came up with, Davis or Collins. What do you think of that, and what do you think of those two players? Well, you, you, you obviously uh, have been reading my cheat, cheat notes here, John, because they're the two guys I put down. If, if the, the Packers were interested in linebackers, uh, they would be the two logical choices at that spot. Uh, very different kind of players. Uh, Collins uh, is uh, almost looks like a defensive end. He's 6'5", he's 260, runs in the... Oh, four seven type area, and to me, he is a more of a, a an outside linebacker type of player. You could almost move him up and put him on the on the defensive line if you shifted to a a, a four man front. Uh, just a terrific all around player at, at Tulsa. He was pretty good in co coverage in college, uh, but with that four seven speed and at, at six five two sixty. Uh, I'd probably cover a, a running back at the National Football League, but uh, to me, he's the kind of guy you would want to have going forward. 
attack in the backfield, uh, and that would be his real strength. Uh, Jasmine Davis, on the other hand, is much more of a, a prototype middle linebacker type of player, I think. He's uh, about 235 pounds, ran under 4'5 in, in, uh, in, in the 40, has a sideline to sideline range. He can cover just about anybody with that kind of speed, except maybe for some of those real, real fast uh, 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 wide receivers. Uh, so if you're looking for a middle linebacker type guy, sideline to sideline range, I think Jasmine Davis would be your, 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 your choice. Uh, if you're looking more for a, an outside guy who's going to rush the passer uh, and be a disruptor in, in that regard, I think uh, uh, Collins would be your guy. Big issue for the Packers, is, you know, is, is one or both going to be there when they're, when they're picking? I think the odds are pretty good that one of them's going to be there, uh, hearing that Collins might go a little bit higher because of his pass rush ability. But... Uh, you get either of those two guys, and uh, you would you would you would add somebody really really nice to you. So I remember this time last year we were talking about Patrick Queen, uh, the linebacker from uh, from LSU, as being a real possibility. Uh, Jasmine Davis, very very similar player, um, maybe even a little bit faster than Queen was, a little bit bigger, a little bit more more of a physical player. Uh, so uh, yeah, he'd be a real nice player, Davis. Uh, he kind of got overlooked at, a little bit at Kentucky, where they don't where they play basketball. Uh, and, uh, you know, doesn't get the national attention. But uh, had he played on an LSU or an Alabama, uh, I, I'm sure we'd be talking about him at least as a, as a, as a top 20 type player. We're always honored to have the great Colin Lindsay from the Great Blue North Draft Report. And Colin, the Packers have been tied to, and as John pointed out, I mean, they're in need of cornerback or cornerbacks, and they have been tied to Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State at 5'10 and 183. By all accounts, quite the playmaker, but I want to hear what you have to say about this young man whose father, as you're well aware, played for 11 seasons as a cornerback in the play for pay league. Yeah, I, uh, you know, at that spot in time, we talked about the linebackers. There's two guys out there. We talked about Davis and, and Collins. At, at back, there are some really, really good players potentially available. Asante Samuel is one of them. Uh, a really sound technician, a guy who knows how to play the game. He's not as fast as the other guys, but at 4-4-5, he's plenty fast. As I say, just a terrific technician, uh, can play both man coverage and uh, and, uh, and and in 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 his own, uh, he's also a guy who you can put in the slot uh, if you need to cover a third wide receiver. Um, but he's just one of several really really good cornerbacks that are going to be available uh, in that area. Greg Newsom of uh, of uh, Northwestern. You got Eric Stokes of uh, of Georgia. Uh, you got another kid at Kentucky. I hope the uh, the Packers had some some scouts down at Kentucky. Kelvin Joseph. Uh, and those kids are just fast. Uh, they're all four, three type guys, uh, and, and, and really good, solid cover people. Uh, so if you're looking for a cornerback, um, a lot of talented kids there. Uh, certainly, Samuel would be a a, a a a a good pick there. You have some other kids who are a little bit faster. Uh, just depends on what's like. But if you're looking for a cornerback into the first round, uh, you're feeling pretty good about your chances uh, on, on April 29th. Hmm. Well, the the one other thought was that if the, the Packers discovered that Savage, the second half of the year, was much better at uh, 
plane up north toward the line. So they brought Amos and Savage up toward the line, and he had a about a five-game stretch where he had four interceptions, I think. He just played really well. And it's thought that Joe Barry might put him at slot corner. And if they bring him up and put him at slot corner, then they might look at safeties. And I was wondering if there's any way that uh, that uh, Trevon Mooring from uh, TCU, would he, would he drop or am I dreaming that he would drop to 29? Because safeties, there's certain positions that always seem to drop in an NFL draft. And it's usually non-franchise quarterbacks because as Ron Wolf used to say, I don't want to, I don't want to train this guy up for someone else. He's going to leave me. Wide receivers, because you can get Donald Driver in round seven, and there's so many of them. And then safeties. Usually there's safeties unless they can play corner, too. But I'm just curious if, if, he, if there any way that he would drop, do you think? Yes, I think it's possible. Uh, not, not that there's anything wrong with him as a player. He's a, he's a, he's a terrific safety uh, it's just that there are so many other really good players at, at, at positions uh, that are generally higher uh, higher rated on, on, the, on the positional uh, chart, if you like, uh, when it comes to the draft. So it, it's a possibility that he would get, get dropped down to there. Um, I'm looking at a, a Packers team, and boy, for me, it would be tough to take a safety uh, with, with that many good cornerbacks out there. Um, you know, again, safeties, it, it's, it's going to be a tough position to fill in this draft because there are not a whole lot of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, safeties are kind of like offensive guards. They don't win games for you. The, the cornerbacks do. And uh, there are some really, really good cornerbacks out there. But if they wanted to go that route, um, they could. Uh, and, and I think there is a possibility that, that Mooring would, would drop, drop down to that level. And then Caleb Farley is the he ran a fourth a four three five for Virginia Tech the cornerback, but he had a back condition that for some reason it's been bothering him for two years and he finally had it tweaked right at probably the worst possible time he had the surgery, and uh, that's a potentially top ten player. Do you think he's going to fall like a stone because you have so many other really good options? Um, I don't think he's going to drop like a stone because uh, of other players. Uh, it's a possibility that he drops if teams are worried about uh, his injury. Uh, and, and, you know, you're always worried about backs. Um, my understanding is that it, it was not a particularly uh, serious operation. It was a, you know, outpatient, uh, non-invasive uh and I'm not a doctor to know exactly what those means, but uh, people tell me it wasn't a particularly, you know, serious kind of a thing. You, you know, it didn't have to be opened up and require months and months of, uh, of rehab. Uh, but if teams are a little bit concerned about him because he has has had some injury problems uh, and he started to drop down into that area, uh, you might get a little bit excited. Yeah, because he is a terrific football player. Um, He's got length. He's about six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds. A physical player, uh, very very fast, um, very productive at Virginia Tech uh, as a as a, as a cover corner. Um, had the, the lowest QB, QB rating in the country uh, against him last year, uh, even better than, than Patrick Sertain. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's the real wild card of the first round in, in many respects that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, if there are concerns about the back, then yeah, he could start to drop. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see if he didn't, as I said, there's some really, really good players. Newsom Stokes, uh, are, are terrific players also, uh, that, that would be really good value at, at that spot. So it's going to be a lot of fun. As I said, it's a really talented deep draft and uh, there are going to be some good players on the board at, at the end of the first round that uh, in other years would have gone a little bit higher uh, uh, than, they than they will be this year. I don't think, Colin Lindsay, that we would ever trade you for Mel Kuyper Jr. That's for sure. You're, you're better in our estimation. But, but let me say this. Or Mel Kuyper Sr. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. Senior, junior, you name it. Uh, well, but, I, I, I will say I got better. I have better hair than he does. So, uh. yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, he has. Uh, he. Ha I was just going to say he has the Packers going offense in the first two rounds. And if they wanted a wide receiver, which may be a surprise because their priorities usually up higher in different spots. But they talk about Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, and then in the second round, an offensive tackle. I believe from Clemson by the name of Jackson Carmen. What would you yes. think of those two? Yes. Could you see them fitting in Titletown? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Rashad Bateman is a really interesting prospect. Uh, uh, prior to the season, uh, he was being talked about as, as a top 10 type prospect. Uh, he's big, he's fast, he was productive in 2019. Um, and I don't want to label him, but I believe he might have had some, some health issues prior to the season. Uh, he opted out, then he came back when, when, the, when, the Big, when the Big Ten came back. Didn't have a very good year, and he's kind of dropped out of the first round. Uh, but if he is back to where he was at the start of the season, uh, he's a terrific player. Great, great value at that point in time, and, uh, you know, make your, your, your receiving core, which was pretty good at the beginning, uh, uh, really, really good, uh, and there are a whole bunch of offensive linemen that, that would be good good picks in the uh, in the in in the second round. Car <clears throat> Excuse me, Carmen is one of those guys. He's a he's a big player. He's got some athleticism. He can play tackle. He can play guard. Um, uh, <clears throat> so certainly, great value picks if that's the direction the the Packers wanted to go. Wide receiver, probably the uh, the, the elite position in in uh, in this year's draft. And I know people will tell you, well, you know, we'll pass on the on on the on the wide receiver in the first round, uh, and uh, you know, take one later on because there's some good ones. Um, yeah, there are. But, uh, you know, uh, Bateman, and there are several others you could mention in the same category, Rondell Moore of Purdue, uh, Elijah Moore of, 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 of Mississippi, are really, really talented players, and uh, you're not going to get that level uh, later on. So, you know, if, 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 if that's the way that the Packers wanted to go, uh, Bateman and, and uh, Carmen or, or one of several other offensive linemen would be really, really good picks. Two problem is, and I've said this to my giant fans, is um, Packers are going to be sitting there, and they may have five or six guys that they really, really like, and they'd like to take them all. Mm -hmm. um, problem is, of course, you can only take one. But uh, certainly, Rashad Bateman, uh, if he's if his health tests out, 
would be a guy uh, uh, that would be a really, really interesting pick at that point in time and, and make a passing attack that's already darn, darn right scary, uh, uh, almost freakish in, in, its, uh, in its talent level. Now that uh, brings me to the next point where if there's five or six guys that you like at 29, why not trade back into round two and see if you can pick up a fourth round pick at the top of round four? And it seems to me that somewhat at the top of round four, you could get a really quality wide receiver, offensive tackle. You could even get a running back uh, because they lost. Uh, um, right, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Pip. Um, so what I'm wondering, yeah. what I'm wondering about is someone like like a Davis Mills, a quarterback, that somebody who didn't get a quarterback in round one sees Davis Mills, the quarterback from Stanford, sitting there, assuming the Bears don't take him or Pittsburgh, but uh, or the, the running back from Alabama or the running back from Clemson, where you're looking at thinking, I don't think they're going to last past Tampa Bay. Or, and if you can lock in the quarterback for five years as a first-round pick, that's more attractive than taking him in the second round. So uh, if, they, if they traded back, if there's four or five really quality cornerbacks and you're picking at 29, there's probably not going to be a run on them. There's probably going to be, if you're taking, if you're taking quarterbacks at the top of round one, that means in round two you're probably taking offensive linemen to protect your investment that you took in round one. So these corners could drop right around to, say, 34, 35, 36, right around there. What, what would you think of something like that? Yes. Uh, that's a simple answer. Yeah. Okay, my next question. That's why he's the best analyst in the game. Uh, no, I mean, this, is, this is per makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, the, the one exception would be if you felt like there was a guy that you really, really liked. And, and, and often that is the case, and, and you felt like uh, that, 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 yeah, if, if you moved down, uh, there was a good chance that he was gone. But if you have a short list that has four or five guys on, yes, absolutely, Davis Mills would be one of those guys that 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 that, that, that teams would be looking up. Uh, where does uh, does New Orleans pick ahead of you guys? I think they do one this pick, year. Twenty eh? twenty eight. The Packers are twenty nine. New Orleans is twenty eight. Yeah. So there, there's some talk about New Orleans being interested in uh, in uh, in uh, uh, Davis uh, uh, or Mills. Davis Mills. Uh, yeah. So that you know, eighteen. Picking a little farther on down might try and get ahead of them, but if he were there, um, that, that yeah, and, and as I say, if you have a, a short list with four or five guys that, that you, you know you, you you liked each of them, yes, you could pick up an extra pick. And uh, I know I'm recommending that to, to to my Giant fans friends. Giants picking at eleven, and they're looking for a defensive end, and it looks like there'll be three or four of them of the same list. Move back. Get that extra fourth rounder in this in this year's draft. Most times, it 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 isn't a really particularly valuable pick. You're picking up a guy who's, you know, maybe going to be a backup linebacker or something like that. But this year, uh, really talented, and, and yes, you can get a guy uh, at at a, at at a position of of, of some value in, in that area. You could kind so of those, see those, those. Yeah, you could. Sorry, you you could kind of see that when. Uh... When the Minnesota Vikings traded a second-round pick, to, I think it was Jacksonville for that defensive lineman, mm -hmm. whose name I cannot pronounce still. But then they traded him again about 
five weeks later for a fourth for a, uh, a third round pick. I thought, you know, somebody's been studying this draft, knowing that we better we better not be missing all these picks because there's some really good players here. Um, yeah. One question I'd have for you is if um, if, if you're so you're saying that. If Trevor Lawrence goes one, Zach Wilson goes two from Brigham Young to the Jets, and then the third, you know, whether that Alabama quarterback, Mac Jones, goes three, it could be the disinformation campaign of the year by San Francisco, but supposedly they do. And then you have the, the other picks. Atlanta either takes a quarterback or trades out probably. But uh, if six quarterbacks go, uh, with the North Dakota guy and the, um, and then uh, Ohio State guy fields, and then uh, Mills goes. Out of those, if six went in the first round, if uh, Jordan Love came out this year, where would you have him? Would you have him in the first round, second round? Would you compare him favorably to the uh, Ohio State guy? Great question. Great question. Uh, I, I think he'd probably be number six. He'd probably go about where he was right now. I think he's a he's not as good as as the, those top five guys are, uh, but I think he's a better prospect right now than Davis Mills is. Um, uh, you know, he he was a very productive all around kind of kid at, at, at in college. Davis Mills is more potential. Uh, Mills was the uh, you know top rated quarterback coming out of high school the year he graduated. Uh, never really was all that good in college. His numbers are pretty pretty average, uh, but he's got the, the the physical skills. He's got the size. He's got the arm strength. He's got the work ethic. I think Jordan Love would would be rated ahead of him, but I don't think he's going to be in that same category as uh, as, as the top five guys are right now. So he'd probably go just about where he went last year. Well, one of the uh, another interesting uh, player out of Stanford is Walker Little. Walker Little mm -hmm. is the six seven offensive tackle who probably would have been a top 15 talent, but he blew his knee in 2019 and he opted out in 2020. So I guess uh, where does he go is the $64,000 question. And I was watching one of the pro days and he had a really good cone drill where they were wondering if he was back. And it seemed like he was, he was, he was back or at least he impressed the announcers on an NFL Network on Pro Day. But what, what what's your take mm -hmm. on Walker Little? Yeah, uh, he's an interesting kid, as you said. I mean, he was a top 15 kid before he got, got hurt, uh, didn't play this year. Um, and, you know, he, he's, a, he's a more agile kid than he is kind of athletic. Uh, didn't run all that well in the in the, in the forty, as I recall it from his uh, from his uh, his uh, his pro day. He's a he's a huge kid, six seven, uh, with great length. Um, right now, we're kind of hearing him as being a late second round type prospect, uh, maybe even into the third round. Uh, again, just a lot of really really good players at that position, and. Uh, 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 you know he's got the size. I think there are kids that are more athletic than he is, uh, who are going to go a little bit higher. So uh, again, with, you know, if you're talking the Packers and you're looking for a tackle, uh, particularly a, a kid who can play right tackle for you, uh, maybe kick over to the left side in an emergency, uh, be a be an interesting guy to be looking at in in the uh, in in the second round. And if 
you know, if he did slip a little bit, there's some concerns about the, the extent of the, the knee injury. Uh, certainly be a guy you'd be looking at in the third round if, if he still happened to be around. The, the best the best draft for offensive lineman that I can remember, offensive tackles, is probably 2013. The reason I remember that is I think three of the top five picks were offensive tackles. And then Bakhtiari mm -hmm. came out of Colorado as a junior, which was probably a mistake because he came, he was in top pick of the fourth round, I believe, to the Packers. And uh, to get a quality guy like that in the fourth round, and then who was their other fourth round pick that year? Uh, J.C. Treader, yeah. who's, the, mm -hmm. who's now the uh, head of the labor union of the NFLPA, that, huh? which is interesting. And he was really good too, but he broke his ankle in a drill in OTA, like the first, so he was out that first year. But you can get very, very good offensive linemen in deep years where if somebody takes one, then you've got other needs. Then these really good players like Bakhtiari fell down to uh, the, uh, the fourth round. You've got to be lucky. You've got to be good, but you have yeah, to be lucky. Good fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've said this many times before. Uh, that you got you got two choices. You can be a, a smart drafter or a lucky one. Take the lucky every time. Uh, that uh, In the end, it really is kind of a lottery, a crapshoot kind of a thing. And uh, if you hit on enough picks, you look like a genius. And uh, if you don't hit on enough, uh, you get fired. Uh, so uh, so that that's how it goes. But as you say, this is a really, really deep draft at, at, at wide receiver, offensive line. Um, so, uh, so uh, you know, teams will be looking at getting some really, really good players end of the second day, early into the third day, who you can come in and feel like, you know, can, 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 can contest for a starting job, which, which you often don't see at, at any position, but, but not like two or three like we're having this year. Colin, the late, great Ted Thompson was certainly agreed. They say, you know, hey, you, you, you make your own luck. But when a fellow by the name of Aaron Rodgers dipped all the way down to, what was it, JD24, and he decided to nab him, that worked out pretty well for the green and gold. Uh, I've got one more question, and then I'm hopeful that we can get you and JD. JD, a final question, and maybe just a general comment, anything you'd like to share about the upcoming draft. Uh, Colin Lindsay, the great Blue North Draft Report. He's as good as it gets, and we're so honored to have him here on the Pippin Dodds Packers podcast with Michael Rachel on assignment today at WSS with our producer, Jason Ruck. Uh, are we going to be able to get some information if people are interested in your publication and that sort of thing? What should they do, please? We, uh, we're all in, entirely internet, uh, gbnreport.com. Uh, uh, this is a really fun time of the year for us. Uh, we've got basically our top 300 ready, um, and uh, we do, do a little bit of tweaking on it, uh, position rankings and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I hate doing mock drafts at this time of the year. Uh, mock drafts are pretty meaningless most times, uh, but uh, but uh, for some reason, uh, fans really, really, really like them, so I'll probably throw a few of those out there. Uh, and then on draft day, I mean, we, we, over the course of the weekend, uh, we keep our big board updated so uh, people want to know who the best prospects are available. Uh, we have that, keep that updated in, in, in live time. And uh, uh, myself and our, uh, our, uh, my, my, my associate uh, helps me run the place, uh, Paul Gouimet, 
uh, will be uh, 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 tweeting and commenting about the picks and stuff like that. So uh, we we kind of feel like we're ready to go here. Actually, uh, we've got 16 days to go, and we're kind of into that. Uh, what do we call the, the the too much analysis leads to paralysis hmm. phase? Uh, uh, we we have just about all the information we're going to get. I know that the teams are still tweaking their boards and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, we're ready to go, and uh, and uh, hopefully people will join us on 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 draft day. I always uh, give my Hope Diamond award because if you look at the Hope Diamond closely enough, you can spot a fingerprint, yeah. and then you'll start devaluing it. And it's so funny, certain certain players. Vince Wolfrick had that happen to him one time. He was a top five pick. Brian Bulaga yeah. was projected to be a top ten pick, and all of a sudden his arms got short yeah. on draft day. It's like a, it's like luckily for the Packers that happened. They won the Super Bowl right. because yeah, of it. I guess my you know I'm looking at. Um, uh, my Packer mocks, and one of the things that the Packers uh, need to do is get a defensive tackle who's stout at the point of attack who can play next to Kenny Clark. And I know this is a weak draft, but there, I want to talk about the, the, the Alabama player. Is he the Bearmore? Is he the top guy? And another guy I keep reading about that's maybe second or third round is a uh, guy by the name of uh, McNeil. From North Carolina State, I think it is. Just wanted to that you know, the, the uh, I remember watching a scouting report on one of the shows. They said, "Well, he's really limited. All he does is he's athletic, but he always he all he does is stuff the run." And I remember thinking, "Yeah, hey, that's okay. yeah." And Please. Joe and Joe Bar <laughs> Joe Barry, the the new defensive coordinator for the Packers, unlike Petten, likes to go three defensive linemen, and I think that's the way to go. If you go three defensive tackles. Let your linebackers go around, and that's what uh, Capers did when he was really successful 2009, 10, 11 with the Packers. Um, get the big, stout defensive linemen who can stuff the run, like Pickett, B.J. Raji, uh, Jenkins, Colin Jenkins. So the, I guess the question for you then is, are there some defensive linemen like that, like a McNeil or Barrymore that you would like? Well, certainly Barmore of Alabama, if he's there, and he's one of those kind of polarizing guys. Uh, when you talk to people around the NFL, some people really, really like him. Um, other people just sort of like him. Uh, but he's a be a terrific fit for what you do at, at Green Bay with your defensive line. Uh, he's a huge guy, uh, but he's also very athletic, very quick. Uh, and I'm not quite sure why he's not going a little bit higher or you're not seeing him ranked a little bit higher because uh, certainly he, uh, you know, he, he, he plays the run like a like a 310-pound defensive tackle. Uh, but he's also got the ability to separate, get off the blocks and, uh, and, and, and get after the passer a little bit. So, again, I would suspect that he is a guy who, yes, is going to be in the mix for the, the, the Packers if he's on the, still on the board. At, uh, at, uh, at, at number 29, uh, and, and kind of what makes him attractive is that uh, if you don't get a guy like him, there are not many others uh, in that kind of mold uh, later in the draft. I think McNeil of, of, of uh, NC State, I believe it is, uh, is, is, a, is, a, is, is an interesting player, but he doesn't have his upfield ability. Uh, the other guy that I... I you know, mentioned in that regard, he's a little bit smaller than the the Packers like, but he's a he's a kid from Central Florida, Milton Williams. Um, 
He played defensive tackle in college, a little bit undersized, maybe 6'3", 285, uh, but would be a really, really nice uh, uh, fit as a 5-tech, 3-4 defensive end. Uh, does a nice job defending the, the, the run. And uh, he comes in, he's got 4-6 speed, uh, which is really uncommon for a defensive tackle. Uh, and uh, kind of people talking about him as maybe being a little, a little bit of a poor man's Aaron Donald. Uh, that he's really, really quick, and uh, you know, it's going to give you a little bit of an upfield burst that 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 uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that that some of these bigger guys are not going to give you. And, and, and he is, but he is big enough that you know, in passing downs, you go to a four-man line uh, that that he can kick inside and, and and be a defensive tackle. Right now, kind of looking at him as being a, a second-round type prospect, but. Uh, Certainly, Christian Barmore. Just to get back to him for a second, that uh, he's certainly very much what the Packers seem to like to do with their their their, their defensive linemen. And as I say, I, I could certainly see that he's going to be on their short list at, at, at number twenty nine. You want one more? I'm good. You sure you're good to go? Yeah, okay. Good. Then, uh, if I will, the comment turns into a question from the old sports reporter. <laughs> I know it's hard, <clears throat> Colin Lindsay. <clears throat> forgive me to project, but with a first uh, round pick at number 29, will the Packers go up, will they go down, will they keep the pick, and who do you think position-wise they're most likely to go after first? Well, certainly if I had to bet, I, I, I would think the Packers are a good bet to move down. I think there's going to be a lot of teams looking to move up. Uh, they don't have any absolutely crushing pressing needs that, 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 that they can't address a little bit farther on down. Uh, I think if I had a pick for if they stayed at 29, the guy I'd kind of be betting on might be Greg Newsom, the, the cornerback from Northwestern. Uh, I, I think he'd be a really nice fit there and uh, would make your team a, a better team. But as I say, there are half a dozen, maybe a dozen guys who, who, who fit in there really, really nicely. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, would be really good picks. I hope they don't trade down because, uh, you know, on draft night means you guys are going to sit there for <laughs> however many hours and then have nothing to report on uh, uh, until the next day kind of a thing. But uh, it, it's shaping up to be a, you know, really, really interesting draft, and uh, we're really kind of looking forward to it. Colin, if we have you, we're good to go. We could, we could fill all the time of the world, and we hope you're going to be with us again this year. Uh, for the NFL oh, I'm sure draft Thursday. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking. Good. I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, so uh, especially now that you know you're picking at the end, so uh, you know, the excitement will build. Uh, so, uh, so uh, it, it will be an interesting evening. So, uh, so yeah, please give me a call. I'm I'm looking forward to being there. Well, it's a privilege to have you. You're so very good at what you do, John. No, I just want to throw a tip. But you just yeah. reminded me. I, I I've covered Packer drafts from. Uh, 1986 until last year, what I didn't with uh, with the COVID, but the the media is so funny because the media is goes there and thinks. Normally, I go to a event, interview the players, I write my story and go home. This is a marathon. This is like 16-hour days. On so I would be there. I would. I used to take days off of work. I take vacations, yeah. and I would be there and all ready to go. And people are like. You know, they're going to end. It really are right. They'd just be crawling in. They'd, oh, I'd rather take two six-inch. One guy said, "I'd rather take two six-inch pins and jab in my eyes, than be here in the draft room." So it got to be where they they saw that I was paying attention to it. 
So everybody just went, hey, can I check back with you? Right. So I would be, had everything written down. <laughs> what did I miss? And this is before the crawl. Now yeah, you got the right, crawl where you right. can where you can get it. But mm -hmm. uh, those those were the those mm -hmm. were the days. But uh, and I always always enjoyed. I was always had been intrigued how our favorite team acquires talent. And with this, you know, the Packers are right up at the salary cap, and they have ten picks right now. They need nine million dollars to to sign them. They're only about $3 million under the cap, so they're going to have to probably redo Devontae Adams' deal if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing ball with them. But the ability to acquire this talent that Colin's talking about seems to be a much better value than going out into free agency mm -hmm. and spending a lot more money. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is absolutely critical. You could totally rebuild your practice squad and your team. So you're talking about the people Jordan Love is going to be playing with or Aaron Rodgers if they trade Jordan Love could go to a Super Bowl based on these picks. Yeah. So that's how important it is. It's fascinating. We could talk about this with Colin Lindsay from the great Blue North Draft Report up there in Canada forever, but instead we'll wait until <laughs> Thursday, the April 29th, I believe, as uh, we kick off day one. Colin, thanks again. God's blessings to you and yours. Thank you, Colin. You're, just, you're awesome in every way. John Dodds knows how to pick yes, for sure. <laughs> well, I, I would say, I don't know if I, I, I think we've talked about this before, but uh, I go back to 1997 is when I started the uh, the Great Blue North Draft Report. I had no idea what I was doing and what I was getting into. And the first media call I, I got to do an interview was with John. And I remember being just so thrilled. And uh, I, I was as nervous as a cat when I went on. And I think we did about an hour and a half. And uh, it went by in about 15 <laughs> minutes. And uh, yeah. I, I will always remember that as, uh, as, 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 as just being a great moment in, in, in the G, GBN history. So, uh, so my pleasure to join you guys. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in, in 16 days or whatever. And uh, hopefully we'll have a good night. Thank Colin, you. Colin, thank you so very much. For John Dodds and uh, Michael Rachel, who is on assignment of the Pippin Dodds Packers podcast with Michael Rachel, I'm Tom Pippins, our Tremendous producer is Jason Ruck, and we thank him for all that he puts into this here at WisconsinSportsStream.com, WSS, look at this set. See you again, everybody. Mm -hmm.